Jesus tells a story of a farmer who went out to sow seeds, and most of us know that story. He started scattering seeds everywhere, and if I wanted to make a mess, I would throw sunflower seeds at you because I think that's funny, but then they would probably make me clean it up. So I'm not going to do that. The farmer goes out and he throws seeds everywhere, and some of the seeds lands on rocks, and it grows up quickly, but then it dies because it can't have deep roots, and some of it lands in weeds, and it grows up quickly, but it's choked out because the weeds are stronger, and some of it lands in good soil and bears a crop that is like 30 or 60 or 100 times what was intended to bear. You guys remember the story? You know the story? Jesus tells this story in a boat because there's like 3,000 people off the shore and they're crowding around him. And he tells that story to try to get people to understand what he's doing when he's teaching. The part of the story that I want to focus on this morning is he says something very unique at the beginning. He says some of the seed is thrown out and is snatched away by the birds of the air. If you have a Bible, let's open up to Matthew chapter 13. And it starts in verse 18. I'll give you one moment to get there. Jesus is explaining to his disciples what the parable of the sower means. We're talking about the word of God. I think in Michigan we under I'm from Kansas. I think in Michigan we understand this well because it is like Christian central. All the book publishers are here and all the reformed churches are here and all the theology is right here and we know our Bibles and we read, it, read them ten times a day because we want to be good Christians. Here is the point I want to make about the parable of the sower. Matthew chapter 13, verse 18. Jesus says this. Listen to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom... And does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom of God and doesn't understand it, the evil one, the demonic realm, some of you might choose to leave because I said demon, the demonic realm quickly snatches it away because it was not understood. Here's the key to this parable. Get your pens out if you have pens because you want to take notes on this. The Greek word for understand, to understand in this context is, I have to read it because it's really long, suniami. Suniami, to understand. It means to bring together, and it has a connotation of five senses. You understand something through your five senses or your experience. So here's what happens the Word of God is preached, or read, or heard, and it is understood in the mind. But then oftentimes people do not allow their experience to catapult them into a place where they are also diving in to what the word says with what they're doing and engaging it with their five senses. If you are not experiencing 
Some short time after you hear the word and it's been put into your mind, if you're not in a time frame experiencing what has been said or heard, the enemy will snatch it away from you. We're dealing with soil. So a seed lands on soil, and the idea is that it goes down deep into the soil so it is out of reach from the fowl of the air, the birds of the air. The way that it goes down deep is through the understanding and engagement of experiential learning with the Word of God. I heard a great teacher teach on this, and I just had to share it again. If it does not get down deep, it stays on top, and it's easy to be stolen. The way that the Word of God gets deep into us is when we step into an experience with what we have just heard. If you do not step into an experience, the word will be stolen from you. Are you guys following me a little bit? Just nod your head. Here's what happens. And this is what I think truly fascinating. The enemy steals it from our hearts. This passage does not say the enemy steals it from our minds. He steals it from our hearts. So our churches are filled with people who, f who feel passionate about a lot of different things. Let's, let's say um, the example that I heard was someone shares a word about caring for the poor. And we all say, yes, we need to care for the poor. And the word is powerful and it's impacting and we feel like we want to be sacrificial, and we feel like we want to dive into places where we can help the poor, and we get pumped on a Sunday morning. And then we leave with that word being planted on soil. But if we do not take that word and actually step into a place where we are experientially helping the poor in some way for this example, then the enemy has snatched that from our hearts. It does not take root. It does not bear any fruit. And yet we think we're growing in our faith because it is constantly in our minds. And so we have a lot of people who know how church should run. And we have a lot of people who know what needs to happen in the third world. And we have a lot of people who know how to solve the problem of poverty in Kalamazoo and the homeless situation. And we have a lot of people who've been doing a lot of thinking about these things because the word of God at some point was planted on soil. But we also have a lot of people who, although they know those things, have done nothing to engage it with their five senses, to bring it together with their life, to enter into the experience of the word that was planted. And so the enemy, believe it or not, and I'm sorry if it sounds scary, the demonic realm, the fowl of the air, the birds of the air represented, they represent the enemy, has snatched it away from our hearts, and we're just a bunch of Christians with really good ideas, and we have to come to church to get another idea to pump us up weekly, 
because we have never stepped into the experience of the Word of God. That's fascinating to me. It never leaves the mind. God's Word doesn't go away void. It never leaves the mind. But if you don't understand it, and if you don't embrace it with your experience, then it cannot be deep, and the enemy will continually snatch it away. That's scary. And that's where a lot of us live. So here's an example. Last week, Rob said, you were made for impact. And everyone clapped and cheered. You were made to go to your workplace and share Jesus. And you were made to go to this place and bring the kingdom. You were made for impact. And some of you don't believe that. And you need to believe it. And he preached and preached and pounded it in. And he even said that he was coaching you. And and he made you cheer. And by the end of it, we were all going, yeah, I'm made for impact. I want to be part of the impact of the kingdom. And it was in our mind. And then some of us walk out the door and we don't engage the word with our experience. And so that week, from the moment we left the door, from the moment we walked back into our lives, the word was snatched away by the birds of the air. But it never left our mind. We know we're made for impact, but we're making no impact. James would say it this way. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. This is all the pre-sermon. This is all the pre-sermon. Because I'm about to share something out of the word with you. And I want you to understand that when I share this thing out of the word, when I take this seed and I throw it on you, it's important that you understand that if you hear it in your mind and get pumped about it, that is one thing. But if you don't embrace it with your experience and make a choice to step into that and actually become a doer of the word as opposed to a hearer of the word, it is absolutely pointless for you to be here with me this morning because it will do nothing but allow the enemy to become more active in this church by snatching away what has been shared. And we don't want that. We want the word when it is planted in our lives to start up high, but then through our experience to become so deep in us that it is unavailable for the enemy to snatch because we have embraced it and we know what it truly means. Does that make sense? So I'm going to share something with you this morning, and it is your choice. But it is a difficult choice, because the enemy wants nothing more than to keep you from stepping into the experience of the word, because he knows if you begin to step into that, your faith will start to get stronger, you'll get a little more crazy, you'll get a little more risky, you'll become a little more courageous, and people's lives around you will start to change. Open your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 58, verse 10. Now Isaiah was a prophet. Sometimes that means he could tell you exactly what God was doing in your life and what you needed to do to fulfill his will. Sometimes that means he could predict the future. And although now he's dead... 
he still has some really powerful stuff for us. And it's one verse, and it's very simple. We're going to read it, we're going to hear it in our minds, and then we're going to face the challenge of whether or not it goes deep or it is snatched away by the birds of the air. Are you ready? One person is ready. Everybody else is terrified. Isaiah 58, verse 10. If you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. If you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry, and if you satisfy the needs of those who are oppressed, then, then your light will shine in the darkness, and the night that is around you will become like the middle of the afternoon. Let me sum this verse up for you. You were designed to shine brightly. Another way of saying that is, you were made for impact. You were designed to shine brightly. But here's the principle out of Isaiah 58. The only way you get to see yourself shining brightly and know who you really are created to be by God is if you step into a dark place that has no light. And if you step into a dark place that has no light, then you will see the light that God created you to be because it will change that environment of darkness into a place that is as bright as the middle of the day. And that will all be contingent upon you choosing to step into a dark place. And so if we read this and say, yes, we need to offer ourselves to the hungry, and we need to dive into the places where people are most oppressed. I say dark places because dark places are the places where people are most oppressed. Yes, you need to go take Jesus to your workplace. Yes, you need to go take Jesus to your school. Yes, you need to take Jesus to your suburban neighbors. But more than that, you need to find the darkest place in your school. The darkest place in your work. The darkest place in your city. And the darkest places in the world. And you need to simply put your feet there. You need to go there and be there. And if you go there and you be there, there's a promise in the word that the light that was created for you to be will shine so brightly that the darkness that is all around those places will turn to daylight. I'm getting a few amens. It's good. All right. It's about the experience of the word. You hear it. 
It has been put on you. But if you don't understand it, you will leave this place today and it will be snatched away by the enemy. Some of the ways that he chooses to snatch things are through fear. I can't go there. It's dangerous. Some of the ways he chooses to steal that is through inadequacy. I can't go there. I'm not ready. I'm not prepared. Some of the ways he chooses to steal that is through shame and guilt. I've been too bad or I am not right. And so how could I go to a place and bring that light? And it's all a really deceptive trick to simply keep your feet from going to a dark place. Because if the enemy can keep your feet from going to a dark place, then there will be no light in that place. And God has created us to be the light that goes to the places. And if we go to those places, they'll shine and the darkness will be obliterated just simply by you putting their feet, your feet there. Every single Sunday night when we do River PM, through the winter we've been handing out chili right next to a liquor store. And that Sunday night, there's hardly any traffic that comes in and out of that liquor store. We pray with a lot of people. And we bless a lot of people. But there's one, a couple weeks ago, we didn't go out and hand, hand out chili right outside that liquor store because it was freezing and I hate the winter and it snowed again. And I was like, winter, you win. I'm done. Then the Lord convicted me. And I repented. And we were back next week. But the week that we weren't there, we had some friends drive by that liquor store, and it was more packed than it had ever been, that we had ever seen. Simply because when you put your feet in a place, the supernatural power of God shines out of you, and it changes the environment. But the enemy wants nothing more than to keep you from taking that risk and going into the dark place. What are the dark places that you need to go to? Where are they? You know where they are. You've seen them. You've heard preaching about them. You've felt them. You've thought about them. And that's all because the word of God, like a seed, has been thrown on you. But for many of you, it's just been snatched away because you never aligned what the word was saying with your experience. Why are we coming to church if we're not going to align what the word is saying with our experience? It is completely and utterly pointless. I have a friend. His name is Darius. He works at Vanguard, and they do a lot of street ministry at Vanguard. And he believes, because he read the word one time, that said, there are evangelists that need to go out. And he didn't just think, that's a really good idea. I think we should, I think, I think the church should send more evangelists out. We should probably develop a curriculum about evangelism and go through a training and then maybe do that once a year. He said, I'm going to start going out. And sharing Jesus with whoever. That's where I got the chili idea. He hands out chili. 
And so he's handing out chili, and a man comes walking around the corner of another liquor store in the Edison, and we'll, call, we'll say this guy's name is Joe. Secret, it's really not Joe. I changed his name. Joe comes walking around the corner, and he is mad. He is angry, and he looks violent. And Darius is about this big. And so Darius, in his gentle nature, says, what's wrong with you? And the guy goes, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of getting shot at. I just got shot. I just got out of the hospital for being shot. I'm sick of the gang violence. I'm sick of where my life is headed. I need a change, and I don't know what is going on. Now, why in the world would that man be walking around that corner in the exact moment that he's thinking a thought that he's sick of his lifestyle and gang violence when, I don't know, my friend Darius just happens to put his feet in a dark place? Because the night begins to shine like the noonday. Just because he put his feet there. And so Darius says, come here. Let's pray for you. And they start praying. And a couple of the girls, females, white females who were there with him, say, we think that you need to kneel down before the Lord. And this man, Joe, kneels down and he starts weeping. And he starts praying. And no one's leading him through any, any specific prayer. But he just gives his life to Christ. And now he's laying face down in the snow. This was a couple weeks ago. Darius called me so excited. The story is awesome. He's laying face down in the snow like the, like the church altar has just been set up outside the liquor store. And he receives Christ. And he starts to get filled with joy. And then he starts freaking out. And he goes, what did you guys do? He starts shaking his arm like this. What did you do to my arm? Did you put medicine on my arm? What, what is going on? And Darius is like, what are you talking about? He goes, I got shot in the arm. Darius didn't know he got shot in the arm. And I haven't been able to feel my fingers since I left the hospital. And I, can, I have full range of motion with my arm. I can move my fingers now. And his arm was just completely healed. Darius did not go to a seminar on how to heal gunshot wounds supernaturally. He didn't even know the man had been shot in the arm. He had no idea, but he chose because the word said, put your feet in dark places and those dark places will shine like the noonday. Darius trusted that if he did that, God would move. And so God started showing up in really weird and crazy ways that cannot be explained by man, that cannot be put into a curriculum, that cannot be understood. And the way that it happens is because Darius heard the word and then he took his experience and he caused his experience in his life to be matched up with what the word was telling him to do. And it changed everything. This man was a leader of the vice lords, a national gang. He was one of the leaders of them in Kalamazoo. And since he's been saved, he's been going to Benton Harbor, 
hanging out with Nate Bull, hanging out with Darius, constantly hitting the streets, telling people about Jesus. And all of a sudden, he's receiving the same words. It's awesome. It's good stuff. And, and yeah, yes, let's, let's cheer. But guys, we can't just be excited right now. Because that's what church has done for years. That happened like two weeks ago. I got stories from being out in the dark places that happen every single week for me. Every single week. And yet when we go to most churches, the same testimony gets shared again and again and again and again for years. Years and years and years the same story because nothing new is happening. Nothing. Because we hear the word, but we don't align our experience with what it's saying, and so we don't understand it, and we're completely oblivious that the demonic realm is snatching it the moment we hear it. It's not even getting a chance to grow. The only way it's going to grow is if it goes down deep goes down deep and is hidden. Where is the dark place? It's a simple sermon. Where is the dark place that God's been showing you? I don't care if it's it's Istanbul, Turkey. If he's telling you to go, go. Because if you don't go, it will be snatched away and the word will be meaningless for your life. I'm very tired of sermons that say, go take Jesus to your work and go take Jesus to your school and go take Jesus to your friends and learn how to defend your faith and let us train you to do these things because that's not what the Word says. The Word says simply, find the darkest place that you can, whether you feel adequate or not, and spend yourself in that dark place and put your feet in that dark place. And not only will that whole place turn in to like the middle of the day and the light of of the kingdom of God take it over, not only will that happen, but there's a little side, side thing that happens. You grow in your faith more exponentially quickly than you will have ever grown in your faith in your entire life. Going to dark places will put you on a fast track to spiritual growth. Reading your Bible ten times a day, putting it down and doing nothing, will do nothing. Except convince you that you need to read your Bible 15 times a day. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world. But let God transform you by changing the way that you think. And then you'll be able to know and test His will. His good and pleasing and perfect will. Go to the dark places, people, please. That's what is preached every single week at the river. And we cannot allow it to be snatched away anymore. We don't have enough time. We don't have enough time. I don't know if God's going to care how many verses you memorized at the end of the day. He's going to say this. I was the thirsty one. 
I was the hungry one. I was the naked one. And as a matter of fact, I was in the place that you were terrified to go to. And so I, I, didn't, I didn't know you. I never met you. I never saw you. That's not a plea to scare you, to like ask Jesus into your heart 20 more times. I'm telling you, that's where Jesus is. We say, get with Jesus. We hold up our hands and we go like this. Intimacy, get with Jesus. If you want to get with Jesus, you got to know where Jesus is. And Jesus tells us very plainly in his word that he is the hungry, he is the thirsty, and he is the naked of the world. He is in the darkest places that you can imagine. And he wants you to come there. Because when you come there and meet him, you will shine like you were meant to shine. And then you'll find out that it truly was him. And you'll be filled with the compassion that he has. And it will change you, and it will change the environment, and it will begin to look miraculous, and you won't be able to explain it except people will say things like, it's like heaven is crashing into earth. It's like heaven is colliding with this place. I'm a good preacher. That is good. Do not let it sit on your brain. Apply it to your experience. Cause your experience to align with what God is doing. And the seed will go so deep in you that it will never be snatched away. And all the fears and the shame and the guilt and the insecurities that have kept you from stepping out into those places, guess what? They don't get to go with you. They don't get to come along. Because when you're shining brightly, they'll stay back here. There's your self-help. So how does this fit into Project Impact? How does this fit into us buying a building? Rob explained it last week. That wall's about to fall over. I hope it doesn't kill anybody on their way out. This wall's about to fall over. It costs $10,000 if the boiler breaks in the middle of the winter just to fix it. And so it's not just a financially smart move, although it is. We prayed and we said, God, where do you want the river to be next? And he said, Wallbridge, north side of Kalamazoo, dark place, go there, buy a warehouse, put your feet there. And if you put your feet there in that warehouse that's on the north side of Kalamazoo, and in that place and out of that place, you begin to spend yourself on behalf of the hungry, and you begin to release the oppressed, and you begin to do church outside of the walls of the church in that place, then I will take the dark place, and I will make it shine like the noonday, and not only will I make it shine like the noonday, I will convince, because the seed will be so deep in the hearts of the hearers, that they were meant to shine, and they won't be able to stop shining. That's good. And we have a responsibility to align our experience with the word that we've heard. Another way of saying that, we have a responsibility to get there. 
I used to be one of the most cynical people in the world about churches and building projects. I would argue until the cows come home. And if you know, cows never come home. I would just argue. I would say, why are you spending all that money on a building when there's starving people in the world? Why are you doing that? Why are you buying this stuff when there's hungry people? And I just turned cynical. And I sounded just like Judas. When the woman is anointing Jesus' feet with perfume, and he says, that perfume's expensive. It could be used to help the poor. And Jesus says, I will put a word in you. And if you're not going to align your experience with that word, then it's just going to be stolen. My fear with Project Impact is that as we start to talk about money, Rob is so much just like, hey, it's grace giving, give if you want, don't if you don't. It's because we don't want to step on that cynicism. We don't want to step on the, on, on the people who will be like, no, that's, that's bad because of the wounds. But here's the reality, guys. The north side. You guys know about the north side, right? It needs a light. And we have a responsibility to go there and to make it happen. But do you know what? God's already provided all the money. It's just, are you called to be a part? So that's why we just say pray and ask. Pray and ask. Just pray and ask. And then give what God says to give. Buckets are in the back and in the front. But listen very closely. We could build a building on the north side. And we could fill that with thousands of people. And we could preach the word about how we are supposed to have impact for the kingdom and how we are supposed to shine brightly. And when you start preaching that kind of stuff, guess what? People come. They fill the room. Because they like to hear that they matter. But if we don't allow that word to come deep in the soil so far down underground that the birds can't snatch it, by aligning our experience with what we hear, then guess what? We're just like everybody else. And God has not called us to be like everybody else. He uses words like more than conquerors. He uses words like ambassadors. And he promises that if you put yourself in a dark place, in a place that if God doesn't show up, you're in a lot of trouble, that he has proven time and time again he's able to not only show up and make you shine and change the environment, he's able to send fire from heaven. He's able to make little rocks kill big giants. He's able to part seas. 
He's able to raise the dead. He's able to do things that show that he is God. And if we want to experience that God, we have to take the word and align it with our experience. Do you understand? So please, my plea, take the word and align it with your experience. Do not go home and let it be snatched away. Because then you're just playing with the demonic realm. And they love to snatch things away. And this church is called to be different. This church is called to be different. This church is called to impact the nations. This church is called to have 100% of its members shine so that there's no darkness where we go. And I don't care how inadequate you feel. I'm telling, I'm going to give you the secret right now to be the most powerful ambassador for the kingdom of God. Find the darkest place you can and put your feet there. Find the darkest place you can and put your feet there. Don't just think about how it would be cool if you put your feet there. Find the darkest place you can and put your feet there. Don't forget your joy boxes. Pray about the buckets. Go in peace. Amen.